0: Hi everybody, I'm Mandy Hurt. I'm the Director of Attorney Coaching at Morgan Lewis. Um, a little bit of background on me, I've been working with associates in law firms for unbelievably over 15 years um, and really helping them navigate uh, their career management and associate development um, in as they uh, work through the associate lifeline at firms. So um, my first thing I would like to say is congratulations on either wrapping up or almost wrapping up your summer program. And this has certainly been a a crazy summer for the folks experiencing it as summer associates and also the folks on the professional development side of the house. I have to say um, the the feedback that I've received uh, from our summer associates has been uh, overwhelmingly positive, especially as we all jumped into this uncertainty of virtual um, summer associate programs but we found that folks were really engaged and motivated, had opportunities for great client work, and um, also to really develop some relationships even in the remote environment. So what we're hoping to do today is really help you figure out how you take that experience and really what the next step is for you to be able to bridge from now until your first year of practice. Um, But before we jump in, I thought it would be helpful if we had our panelists each introduce themselves. just call on them as they appear on my screen. So uh, Jen if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself um, and telling us a little bit about your role with the summer program.
1: Sure thanks so much Mandy and welcome everyone and I too would say congratulations on um, finishing or being about to finish your summer programs. Um, I'm the Assistant Dean for Career Services at Boston College Law School. Um, Like Mandy I've been advising uh, law students and lawyers for many years um, and, um, you know, usually one calls their career services office, office, you know, for help finding a job. But you would be surprised at how many people um, request our help kind of trying to navigate those sticky situations, um, you know, while they're at the um, firm or any other job. So I'm happy to be here. And um, thanks for having me. Thanks, Jen.
0: And Michael, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself.
2: Sure. Thanks, Mandy. Uh, I'm gonna echo what both Mandy and Jennifer have said. Um, it's great that you guys are really jumping in and congrats on being towards the end or finishing up on your term as a summer. I'm sure it was unlike any other summer that any of us have experienced. So congratulations on that. Um, I'm Michael Kippens. I am an associate in the litigation department at Syfarth Shaw, where my practice focuses on antitrust counseling, franchise disputes, and trade secret and non-compete matters. And I'm a Northeastern grad from 2013.
0: Great, thank you. Manleen, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself.
3: Good morning, everybody. Wanna echo what everybody else has said. Um, Congratulations on the summer, Uh, quite an unusual summer. Um, I can relate a little bit because I graduated in 2009. And uh, you know, not the greatest of times to be graduating law school. So I definitely can sympathize with all law students today uh, from New York Law School down in New York. And uh, right now, I'm a senior associate at Robbins Kaplan. I'm in their business group. I do both business litigation as well as corporate transactions. And I'm happy to be here. Great, thank you. And last but
0: not
1: least, Colin. <laughs>
4: Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Colin Van Dyke. I'm a partner at Anderson and Krieger. Um, just as an aside, I can vouch for the uh, credentials of both Jen and Mandy, uh, having been uh, assisted by both of them in our you know, prior lives together. Um, but uh, what everyone else has said, you know, congratulations. This summer really required a leap of faith um, for everyone. But I think uh, you know, it's a lot harder on the summer associate end in some ways because you just don't have any frame of reference Um, So, uh, you know, congrats on on, uh, fighting your way through the summer and hopefully uh, you'll benefit from this panel and uh, find your way through the rest of the the year. Um, I uh, practice mostly environmental law, uh, so site cleanup, um, enforcement, permitting, um, a little bit of litigation, a little bit of real estate on the side. um, And uh, I'm happy to be here with all of you today.
0: Great, thank you. Um, So, I thought the first place that would be good to start is, as you actually are wrapping up your summer program, um, talking about how to make the most of the feedback that you've received. Uh, I I know a lot of programs tend to have a formal evaluation process. Um, You likely have the opportunity to gather feedback throughout um, the summer and trying to figure out how best to incorporate that into your practice. Uh, Certainly, you know in my role I encourage both summer associates and associates to use the opportunity of a formal evaluation to not only sit and listen to the feedback that's being given but to ask questions about areas that can they can focus on individually um, during their career and um, in the coming months to make sure that they're progressing professionally. Um, Colin I, I would appreciate actually some thoughts for you as to how folks can incorporate the feedback one that they may receive in that formal evaluation at the end of the summer um, but also you know feedback that they may have received throughout uh, their their experience
4: yeah if you'll indulge me I mean I, I have a couple things to say about sort of getting the feedback uh, in the in the first place and then there's a separate issue what do you what do you do with it um, so exactly what Mandy said I mean you you have this opportunity you know at the end of the summer or I guess midsummer, um, where everything's still sort of fresh, uh, where you can solicit feedback. So, you know, you have probably this formal feedback opportunity, but, you know, I'm not convinced that those are are, us- are always the best way to get the feedback you need, right? Because usually there's some sort of composite uh, that you're getting, you know, you're, you're in the room with a couple of people, uh, at least one of whom may not actually have worked with you, right? I mean, if that's just their responsibility to have that conversation. So, I think obviously you want to take that one seriously and as as Mandy said, listen, you know, not just sort of check the box of sitting there and sort of take it, um, but really actively listen and then ask questions if there's something you don't understand. Um, But the, the, you know, sort of separate and apart from that, I would take the end of the summer as an opportunity to go back over all the things you've done that summer, both in terms of the work you've done, the interactions you've had with people, things you didn't do that maybe you, you, know, you wondered if you should do, and then you, you got scared and, and ran the other way. Um, and and come up with a list of questions um, that you would like some feedback on, and then figure out who the right people are. So if you've got a discrete assignment from someone, go back to them and say, all right, what about this part of it, right? They, so this just happened to me the other day, I was having a Zoom lunch with one of our summer associates. And he asked me about something, and I said, "I honestly don't even remember." You know, that was the second week of the summer. What was that thing that we were even talking about? Um, so, you know, he was ready to remind me what it was we worked on because it was really big and consequential to him, um, and you know, it was less so uh, to me. So, you know, take advantage of of that opportunity. Um, and the only other thing I'd say there is. Because it's the end of the summer, or maybe your summer's already over, and you're looking for ways to sort of connect with people and build those relationships over the year. If there's someone you really like working with, or there's someone you didn't get a chance to work with um, that you wish you had, their practice is interesting. Come up with some questions for those people and use that as a means to reach out for, to them and build a relationship with them. You know, do your homework so it's, it's a meaningful exchange. Um, but you know, use it as a as a tool. And then the last thing I'll say on that is. You know, really take the feedback, listen to it, don't be defensive. Um, just as an anecdote, uh, when I was a summer, uh, way back, you know, in prehistoric times, um, one of my classmates, uh, it was during a midsummer review, got uh, some feedback, some negative feedback. Mandy, this was before your time. Um, and left the Uh, feedback session and marched up to the top floor of of one financial center and proceeded to yell at the partner who had provided the negative uh, feedback so I know you won't do that uh, but there there are some shades between you know a normal response and that response that you know are defensive and and not constructive for you so you know take it own it and then uh, ask questions if you don't understand it
0: thanks I I do think that's good advice and you know, certainly, I think the goal of um, providing the feedback is to help you grow, right? So even if you're hearing something that you may, it may not be happy with, it feels negative to you, it truly is meant to be constructive. Um, and if you're having a hard time digesting it or really putting context around it, talking to mentors, talking to the other folks that you've worked with, um, to debrief can also be a helpful tool. So, yeah, I agree. I agree with all of that advice. And it's actually, uh, some of that's a nice segue into kind of moving into how we can maintain um, the relationships that, you know, both summer associates and firms have worked very hard this summer in the virtual environment to help foster. Um, I would really, it would be helpful, I think, to hear from both Michael and Manleen about, you know, how people can stay connected and uh, really maintain these relationships um, over kind of the next year or so as you exit out of the summer program, but wanting to make sure that the work that you've put in doesn't just fall by the wayside.
1: Mandy, can I just add one thing on the prior point about the whole feedback session? Oh yeah, sure, mind. Sure. Is that, you know, this is where I see some um, students sometimes get into a um, you know, not leave the best impression is that sometimes the firm will ask you for your feedback about the summer program. And I would say, you know, and I think students sometimes say, well, they're looking for feedback. So I just asked, you know, I answered honestly, everything that you know, was on my mind, you know, I wish that this was structured differently, that was structured differently, because you know, they feel this pressure to answer and be helpful. Um, I would just say, you know, just be judicious in your comments you know especially this summer people have put so much work and time into this new format and i'm sure not everything has gone perfectly and so you know you just want to be positive there's other ways that you can give that feedback you know perhaps to the recruiting manager or recruiting director or director of professional development you know in a different conversation but you need not necessarily have that um give all that is on your mind (laughs) during that conversation. And then the last thing I'll say is that Um, I think, Colin, you mentioned if there's some work, you know, you didn't have a chance to do that summer, you know, now's the time to talk about it. I mean, again, I would just be mindful to kind of read the room. You know, many of you were recruited heavily during a completely different time in the legal job market. You know, some practice areas that you thought you were going to enter into may not have been busy. Some that were busy are maybe not so busy right now. And so, you know, just perhaps do your research before raising that to say, you know, Look, I did corporate work all summer, but I really want to do white collar work. You know what? What? What are we going to do about that? <laughs> you know. Um, so you really want to have? Um, you can still have those conversations, but again, privately or call your career services office to find out a way to kind of broach that subject. So that's all I'll say.
4: And just as uh, a as a, as a <laughs> further anecdote, don't have your parents call the the uh, summer coordinator and complain about the work you didn't get.
0: All all good advice. <laughs> Thank you um, so yeah moving on to kind of maintaining relationships um, and thinking about relationships not just with the folks you necessarily received work from but mentors that you um, form relationships with over the summer, your summer class, um, if, if the two, Malin and Michael if you could um, provide insight and advice on that topic it would be great.
3: Sure Mandy. Um, One thing I would say is, you know, along the lines of being judicious is to, you know, really think about why you're reaching out to some of the folks, you know, is there something in their practice area that interests you? Did you want to work with them, but didn't, you know, what, what is it about their practice that intrigues you? Um, One thing that, you know, I kind of find frustrating is when I get the cold blast of emails, you know, from folks who want to connect, but there's no meaningful relationship there. So, you know, as was said, do your homework. And, you know, someone once told me early on in my career, that you, know, you should email somebody in the morning because that's before the day really kind of gets underway and you get lost in the sea of emails or you you know put your head down and do research or brief writing, whatever it is. So I find that if you, you know, send emails first thing in the morning, at least they have a higher chance of being read, maybe a quick reply before they really dive into work. Uh, so I find that that really helps. And um, in terms of what not to do, I mean, you know, you don't want to burden them so you know email them if you don't hear back maybe wait a few days you know ping them again but um you know try to i know it's not easy but try to you know have strike that delicate balance of being front of mind with them but not being annoying any, either
2: yeah and i'll just jump in on that thanks Manleen. and i think jen mentioned this and to piggyback on what Manleen was saying but Reading the room is actually very important, but it's also very difficult, especially in a virtual environment. So, I think you want to strike a balance between following up, because following up is also important. You know, a lot of people out there are going to be very busy and they saw your email the first time or received your voicemail the first time and it just slipped their mind. Uh, so what you want to do is follow up in a timely manner. Not, you know, I would, I typically go with a week's time if I haven't heard back, and I'll follow up once. And if I don't hear back after that second time, then I tend to just let it go. And there have both been times when people have emailed me, you know, two months later and said, "Oh, I totally just got back to your email, and you know, let's set up a meeting." And then times when, of course, you you hear radio silence. Both of which are fine you just move on and uh, you just make that work. In terms of who to connect with or to stay connected with, I think it's important to stay connected to both people that you worked with and then anyone else who you formed any sort of bond or relationship with over that period of time because there are going to be people, and usually this happens if you're in person and you you just meet people in the hallways or you sit next to someone's office who you don't work with, but who you talk to on a daily basis because of proximity. But anyone who you, you know, regularly touch base with, even if you didn't do work with them. And then also the hiring coordinator or the hiring recruiter, whoever runs this, the sort of summer program is someone who you probably want to stay connected to. Um, if you have any questions, that's probably going to be a main point of contact. And you also want to make sure that, that person remembers you. So again, it's a read the room situation. You don't need to be emailing them every day or maybe not even every week, but just to stay sort of top of mind every once in a while. And I think a good way to do that at times is, uh, the the way that I do it is if I find an article that I think is within someone's practice area, I'll say, hey, I just came across this article, wondering if if you've seen it. I think it's interesting for X, Y, Z reason. And one other way, of course, to stay connected, particularly in the virtual environment, is the sort of virtual chat, virtual coffee type of event, which allows people to not have to disrupt their day as much because they don't have to leave. So it enables you to get more flexible with how you're going to interact with people. And just make sure that when you do that, and you say, for example, oh, I was really interested in what you do, but we didn't get a chance to work together. Be prepared to explain why you have that interest. I can tell you that there are some people who have said, you know, it's almost a recitation of my firm bio, some of which I do and some of which I don't do as much, frankly, anymore. But, you know, they'll email me and they'll recite that and say, these are the things I'm interested in. And then I'll talk to them and they will either have no idea what it is that, that I do or, you know, just not really a good explanation of their personal interest in what that type of practice area is. So, And it's it's perfectly fine to not be well-versed in the practice area. Of course, you're junior in your experience and in your practice, so no one expects you to be an expert. I'm not even close to being an expert in what I do, so it's it's just you want to show a genuine interest and not just be there to sort of try to connect.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. (laughs) Being prepared for those calls is key. Um, You know, I, I would just add to this that I think, you know, from my perspective, relationships are such a key component to being successful in practice, whether they're Internal relationships that you have with folks at your firm externally in the community or with clients um, and they will be key to your success as you progress. So, you know, getting in the mode of being able to develop and um, And really maintain relationships throughout your career. This is a good time to be focused on that. And again, being smart about the approach that you take and and reading the room, you know, if you're getting a response um, and or if you need to kind of delay the, the, the follow-up um, and being appropriate with that. So um, all, all really good advice. I
1: think Jen has
0: another note that she wants to add to. Sorry, I
1: just hear this from the, the student's perspective sometimes to say, you know, I'd really like to keep in touch with Michael. I just don't know what to say. We don't really have anything to talk about. You know, you, you need not um, necessarily... Um, create something to talk about or kind of trump up a reason, I think, to have a meeting or um, a coffee if um, you know that that person is really busy. I think, as Mandy said, these relationships are really important. I think just sending someone an email to give them some positive news, you know, you know, um, kind of a, an extension of the the thank you note you may have written folks at the end of the summer, but to say, you know, Mandy, thank you so much for a great summer. I just wanted to let you know that my law review article was just published or I'm working on some really interesting pro bono work that you um, and I discussed during lunch that day. Um, I just wanted to thank you again. I'm having a great semester and just want to say how much I'm looking forward to coming to the firm. I think that kind of um, you know, positive report and thank you um, will keep you top of mind, but also doesn't impose a burden on someone to schedule time for a meeting. Not that they don't want to meet with you, but, you know, as you've all probably heard from your supervising attorneys, you know, this situation is really tough for some folks, you know, they've got kids running around, you know, I got a new puppy and you know, <laughs> sometimes scheduling that half hour coffee is, um, you know, could be even tough. So again, that's just another kind of um, you know, easy way to stay involved and stay connected. Andy, have- if
2: I could just jump in yeah. no, <laughs> i have all <laughs> have. Yeah. So I think there are two other ways that I, I probably should have mentioned in particularly for if you don't have a connection to the person that you're trying to reach out to. And one is see if you have something in common, like for example, you're you went to the same law school or you went to the same undergrad and use that you know, any sort of, I always am very willing to talk to people who went to Cornell or to Northeastern. Not that I, you know, exclude anyone else, but I take a particular interest in those people as well. But there's another way to do it, which is you can go through someone else that you do know who will know that person. So that might be the, an HR person, or it might be another attorney who you worked with and can make an introduction for you and say, you know, this person has been looking to chat with you, uh, didn't have a chance to work with you during the summer, but you know wanted to reach out. Would you be willing to you know, I just wanted to make that introduction and then you can take it from there.
3: The other thing that I would add is you know don't be afraid to make a personal connection too. you know, don't grasp at straws for a legal reason if there are none because guess what they're gonna see right through that. And as Jen mentioned, we don't have time for that, you know? So if you don't have something legal, but you do know that there's something personal, for example, my husband's a huge huge Mets fan, a New York Mets fan. So if you're a Mets fan too, I will be happy to talk to you about that, even though I really don't know much about the Mets. Um, so, you know, that that's totally fine because the point is, is that you just need Some hook to kind of start that conversation and then it will lead to law and and a lot of things. um, I'm sorry, a lot of uh, times I find it helpful, at least when I was in law school to hear Other paths to hear about how attorneys got to where they're practicing because, you know, especially having graduated in 09 you know there's there was no predictability whatsoever so for me it was so helpful to just talk to other people find out how they got their jobs how they got into their particular particular practice areas that's always a good way because it, i mean it, it's educational for you and you can kind of see what path your career might take
1: thank you
0: so you know thinking about the students maintaining relationships, it would be interesting, I think, for all of us to kind of hear about what the expectation is as you know, someone who is sitting on the firm side for um, associates to kind of stay connected to the firm and, and what we're looking for in the coming year. So Manlene, if you wouldn't mind just kind of elaborating a little bit on that, it would be helpful.
3: Sure, I mean, frankly, I know that you're back in law school You know, so your studies, your classes, that has got to be priority number one. So if I hear you trying to set up coffee with me in early December, I'm gonna be wondering why you're not focused on finals. So, you know, I don't expect a ton of interaction. You know, a few emails maybe in the beginning of the semester, um, you know, maybe in the middle of the semester to let me know how things are going. But, you know, I frankly understand that you're going to be busy and you've got other priorities. I like Jen's comment of just, you know, pitching it or sending an email with updates as to how your, your semester is going, you know, any good news that you might share or interesting projects that you're working on. But frankly, you know, it's fine. You know, focus on your studies. That's what's really important. And then when you have a break, then, then feel free to shoot us an email. Just don't forget about us, you know. Um, a couple of emails are fine. I'm not looking for too much. At least that's not, that's my perspective only. I can't speak for Colin and Michael
0: um well let's ask Colin <laughs> from your perspective Colin um and, and as a partner at the firm kind of what are your expectations of folks that as they kind of head into their third year of school
4: you know I, I could just I could just cite to Manleen there I mean I you know I I don't I actually don't have any expectations on the sort of your back in law school front if if I never heard from you I actually wouldn't even think it was that weird I'd be disappointed because, you know, participation suggests enthusiasm, um, and obviously we like enthusiasm. Um, you know, we, we would probably reach out in the absence of, of any outreach from, you know, from the summers. Um, you know, but I do think that there is an opportunity, you know, moderated in the way that Manly suggests to say, all right, I've got this stretch of months before I actually go back there let me continue, as Michael said, working on some of those relationships, right? Sort of developing those. And Amanda, we can talk about relationships more, I think, as we sort of get to the end of the agenda here. Um, but you don't know anything, right? You don't You don't know, there are a multitude of ways that people have navigated their careers and you ultimately wanna find some number of mentors who are gonna help guide you in your career, whether they're at your firm or they're somewhere else. and that year that you're back in law school before you actually join the firm is a good time to start feeling people out develop deepening some of those relationships so that when you get there you kind of got you know you've got a person or you've got a couple of people who are going to be looking out for you and who you can be you know you can go to if you have a hard question or you, you screw something up and you just want some reassurance um and you know one other way to do it and then this also gets to something that michael was was touching on is you get this little sliver of of experience in the summer, right? Maybe you get one bankruptcy, you know, project, um, and you don't really know if you liked that because of the person you were working with, or there's something really about bankruptcy that you like. So, connecting with people you know, and you've got time to do it in a kind of more relaxed way without you know, sort of being under the microscope of being a summer associate, gives you a chance to feel that out a little bit and say, is there a practice, I'm thinking about these three or four practices, is there one that feels like the right fit? Or I like both of these the same, is there a group of people that I kind of feel like are, you know, to Manaline's point, like we can connect on a human level. That That's an okay thing for us to do. It doesn't all have to be about being lawyers all the time. Um, and so you know, just use use those as tools. Not don't just check the box, right? The, we, as Manly said, like we've all got other stuff to do. Like we don't need an email just so that you can be like, oh, I did that thing I was told to do. Um, use it. Use it as a tool to advance your, you know, yourself as a person and your, you know, yourself as a, a professional.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. And the only other thing I would add here is from, and I think it's relatively easy (laughs) Um, from the summer associates perspective is, you know, making sure that you're um, staying in tune with social media channels, what's going on at the firm. So let's say you do run into someone unexpectedly, you just, you know, it's kind of top of mind and you're aware of kind of current events and and things that are happening at the firm. Um, And then certainly another thing I would uh, encourage to the extent you're available is if the firm is inviting you to certain things throughout the year, trying to make time for that. Um, these are kind of doors that are open to you to to stay connected and maintain those relationships. So I would certainly um, encourage that as well. Um, And then I'm going to stop for a second and just put my coaching hat on to, you know, to kind of put a a bow on maintaining the relationships and um, the feedback you've received and making sure that as you wrap up this summer experience that you're really taking all of this information and setting goals for yourself. Um, you know that you're not waking up after finals saying I haven't even given this a thought. So um, making sure that you have a plan you know what are what are the areas that have been identified for professional development focus for you in the coming year um, and what are you going to do to try to make sure that you are focused on them taking advantage of opportunities at school um, to really kind of move the ball forward and, and put yourself in the best position when you start with the firm. Um, or starting to practice next year. I would also, um, you know, truly encourage, and I I do this with the associates that I work with, that you are carving out time in your calendar to really make sure you've reviewed your goals. What is your action plan? What are the steps that you need? What are the resources or any support? Do you need to talk to a mentor about this? Should you be talking to someone in the um, career services office at your law school? and making sure that you're moving the ball forward. And if there are obstacles that are getting in your way, that you're tweaking your plan, you know, but it, it really requires you to be intentional and, and drive your career. Um, and if you can get in the practice of this early on, it will it will certainly benefit as you start to enter um, into practice. And I, I will say all that and <laughs> I'll ask for input from our panelists if I'm overstepping, but I, I really, I, I truly believe that, Um, You know, you need to look out for your own career and you need to be intentional about doing that. And that really it's important that it starts
3: now. And I I 110% agree with what Mandy said because you know that from my perspective, you know, I've run the summer associate program um, at Robbins Kaplan and you know, I'm not looking for summers who know exactly what they want to do you know I don't, I don't you know if you don't want to if you don't know if you're going to do litigation or corporate or what antitrust you know business whatever that's fine but i want to see intention i want to see that you've set goals and you're trying to figure out what you like what you, you know what you don't like that i know that that's a work in progress but what i don't want is to see somebody who's just you know letting fate decide for them you know that is for me it's, it's a pet peeve of mine And, uh, you know, you didn't get to law school by just letting, you know, just to to go, you know, float. You know, you were intentional about getting into law school, so be intentional about your career as well. Uh, Having said that, you know, if you are entering your last year of law school, I think that's also an opportunity to have some fun, you know, take some classes that you're really interested in because it's really the last time uh, in a school environment that you can take all these classes, you know, everything doesn't have to be about either preparing for the bar or, you know, preparing for what kind of practice you're going to have outside of law school. And, you know, because what you'll find, at least what I found after I graduated is that I thought I was going to do one thing and, you know, then I started doing something else. So, you know, things can change. So really when you're in law school, take what's interesting to you. And, and really enjoy that. And, and I would say also, you know, take advantage of whatever externships you might have. Um, you know, I know that 2 year can be the busiest. So you might wanna take the, you know, the foot off the gas pedal for a third year. Don't do that. Don't do that. I did that and I regret it. And it's been 10 years and I still think about that. So, so please just, you know, take advantage of each, every opportunity that you have.
0: Go
4: ahead, Colin. So <laughs> two quick things. Um, one uh, on the sort of intentionality piece of it, I I just want to acknowledge that I think when particularly when when there are challenging economic times, it is really hard to not just feel so grateful to be employed, right? And um, and I I think that intentionality can be hard to muster when you're just like I'm. I'll do whatever they want me to do as long as I can, like feed myself and I can pay my rent. Um, you know that's fine, and and that's not an unreasonably low bar, right? Um, but I do feel like, uh, particular, and I don't, I, I don't know. I was going to say particularly, I think in 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 the bigger organizations, but it's probably true just about anywhere. You know, we do have a tendency, I think, despite you know, as Manlene said, being sort of pushing hard through our you know academic career we start practicing and we really do sort of just throw ourselves into the river and let ourselves you know be carried wherever we're going to get carried and i think that's a natural tendency for whatever reason right like you don't want to rock the boat you don't want to um seem ungrateful you you uh whatever whatever it is you're so busy, right? Like you're just trying to make sense of it all. But I think you're to Mandy's point, if you can get in the habit early on of carving out some time to think about what you want and that will change over time, right? So, you know, your your plan as a third year law student hopefully is not, I mean, for a few people, right? Like they know, they came out of the womb knowing what they wanted to do. But for most of us, you know, it, it, it changes over time. So you owe it to yourself to, to identify what it is you want, understand that the people you work for and work with, it's not their responsibility to provide that to you. Um, it is okay to ask in a you know an appropriate kind of way, and to seek out those opportunities. And then you may at some point reach the point where you're like you know what this environment that I'm in right now isn't the one that's going to let me do the thing I want to do. That's also okay. Um, those your your mentors that you develop will help you figure out if that's true or not. Right? They'll they'll say. You know what, you should go talk to this other person because there's maybe a spot here for you that you're not seeing, or there's a path here that you're not seeing. Um, and then, just because Manleen raised uh, third year of law school, uh, my unsolicited input that's a little off topic is um, you do get tired third year, right? Like, you know, most, pe- most people stop really working that hard. Um, my advice is don't worry about taking classes for the bar exam take classes with professors you like or subjects that you really care about. They're gonna force you to work hard because you care about it. Because that's the thing that is going to allow you to take all those things you learned as a summer about being a lawyer and and keep working on the lawyer mind and on those analytical skills. Because when you start, the fact that you took UCC for most of us isn't gonna matter. Um, but if you really were fired up about UCC and you dug into it and you, you worked hard to sort of make some connections. That's the thing that's going to allow you to perform better as a junior associate, um, because you're going to have, you know, your mind is going to be ready to do it. And the bar, the bar prep will teach you everything you need to know for the bar.
0: Couldn't agree more, Colin. <laughs> that's what they should tell you at the outset of your third year, <laughs> and that's why we're here today. Um, but that another great segue into really kind of navigating your next year in law school um and also how you can leverage the experience that you just went through and then i think you would have some great insight into kind of looking out to especially folks that are entering their third year kind of thinking about how to build skills versus building their resume and and kind of your advice there
1: yeah i think um a lot has been said about 30 already and i would agree with all of it certainly but i guess you know a couple things that i would add is um you know, you need not, especially in this environment, you know, add to your resume in the form of a job, you know, we all know the law school traditional resume, we you have your education section, your experience section, and people are looking to add experience, you know, experience, um, as you said, Mandy, could also be just adding skills, you know, could that be, you know, helping someone write an article, um, you know, someone with whom you work this summer, you know, that's my understanding mostly non-billable time and kind of a pain in the neck <laughs> you know i mean it, it's still completely worthwhile but to raise your hand and you know tell someone you're willing to help them do that would be enormously helpful and it wouldn't necessarily be you know a job or you know in the experience section of your resume or attend some of the BBA webinars i know this is like a shameless plug but you know d- there are very few law students in my experience who sit in on some of the section meetings or attend some of these great panels that are very very substantive and i think that you know it really will give you an edge um, as you um, move forward to be able to talk with attorneys about some of these issues in your area of interest um, and I love this idea of intentionality um, I always like to say it's, it's a bit crass but you know um, Desperation in the job seeker is not really a good look, you know, (laughs) or or in a junior associate looking for work and so forth, you know, it's more, you are more marketable if you are more focused, more knowledgeable, and you're more excited about what you're doing if you, I think it was Colin who said, you know, take advantage of, you know, take classes with professors who really, you know, engage you and so forth, your third year. Um, I would you know, I'm not an academic, you know, I work in a law school, of course, but I'm a big fan of working your third year. (laughs) And again, developing marketable skills. So could that be an externship? Some of the externships at law schools are two days a week. And sometimes you can create your own externship and work with a client, for example, which would be of great value to the firm. Um, You know, part-time job, there's a number of small and mid-sized firms who are looking for part-time help that can give you some great experience, expand your network, expand your skills. So uh, pro bono work, as I mentioned before, so there's all sorts of things you can do your third year, other than um, just uh, take classes, of course, um, you know, which will be helpful going forward. I mean, I hope that everyone on this call will get an offer this summer. This is something we haven't talked about, Mandy. <laughs> you know, I think we probably will. But you know, this is you, you may not. Um, you know, I certainly hope that some of you probably got an offer before you even started. That was certainly unique about this period of time, you know, as opposed to um 2009, of course, but um you know if if you don't get an offer you're you're working for a firm that doesn't commonly give offers at the end of the summer. you know you're in a different situation and and you know we can talk about that more if you want, but also, you know, I would certainly talk to your career services office because we're happy to help you navigate that. I, that's a very tricky situation. you know I, I think that's a good
0: point and and I, I think it's worth coming back to in a second, but I think kind of layering on top of that, looking around um, kind of the legal market and what we're seeing and, and shifts and what's going on in the world, you know, from a, what areas of law are we seeing kind of busy during this time? And, and you know, where are places that folks could potentially plug into that maybe before they weren't interested in um, or that you might um, encourage folks to just explore a little bit more? I'd be interested, you know, from the attorney side of our panel, just kind of hearing what you're seeing, um, Michael, Colin, and Manleen.
2: Yeah, so I would say probably the biggest increase, at least at my firm, has been in the employment space. Uh, we do a lot of both counseling and litigation in, empl- in the employment practice. And for people who are at businesses where they're working remotely, Uh, It's raised a host of issues where now people are starting to return to work. It's raised a host of issues from anything, anything from people who are furloughed, uh, people who really, you know, may not want to come back because they make more on unemployment than they do uh, when they're at work. People who just don't feel safe about coming back to work. What protocols need to be in place when people are coming back to work? All of those issues have been raised. Because of the pandemic, and that's to me, although I don't practice in the employment realm, that's where I've seen the most growth over probably the past, uh, let's say, four months or so. Um, I also do work with a number of franchisors and any any sort of company that acts like a parent company or is like a company that might acquire another company, any sort of mergers or acquisitions type of work. Both, I think even if they haven't increased a great amount yet i think they will start to increase going through the fall when businesses smaller businesses in particular start to review their processes their their status financially and may end up getting bought for you know pennies on the dollar or may just have any sort of competition disputes where you know in my my realm i do a bit of uh, trade secret and non-compete work where the non-compete work in particular is going to be driven up because you're going to have employees who are either departing voluntarily or who are going to be let go and you want to preserve that information and that and to make sure that the information that they have doesn't just fall to a competitor. So a lot of the it still centers around the employment arena a little bit in that sense but those are the practice areas that I've seen increasing.
3: Thanks, Michael. I've also seen um, areas in insurance litigation. So at my office, we do a lot of complex uh, insurance coverage. And just for some perspective, in the last four months, four or five months since the pandemic started, there have been, I think, around 600 insurance cases regarding um, loss of business income and under property insurance all over the country. So, that would be something that's not going to go away anytime soon. So, if intru- insurance is something that remotely interests you or litigation in general, that would be something um, to look into.
4: Yeah, you know, uh, some of this is just anecdotal based on what I've heard from other folks because my, my firm has a more sort of limited range of practice areas. Um, we've definitely seen the insurance um uptick um lots of lots of clients who we know are, are dealing with uh employment issues um i think like the corporate transactional stuff i think there i think that there, re- there will be pockets of real estate that actually get pretty busy um, for for the reasons that michael talked about and also because you're going to have a whole bunch of companies who are flush with government cash um on the biotech space in particular um, who are going to be looking for space um, in all sorts of ways? Um, bankruptcy, obviously. I mean, I s- someone mentioned to me that you know the bankruptcy jud- judges got together and you know one of them said, "Hold on to your hats because you know your caseloads are about to double." Um, uh, I think that there's, and I think there's some other areas that I don't really know much about, but just having talked to other folks. Um, for the same reasons that uh, the employment space is busy. I think the people who do education law are going to be pretty busy. I think there are going to be a lot of issues about how you deal with kids who have, um, you know, special needs uh, in a remote schooling environment, um, or, you know, God forbid they get sick, whatever, whatever that happens. And then, you know, I think the employment space is going to be know there's going to be this sort of other issue right it's not just the pandemic but it's our it's our sort of racial equity you know crisis that we're uh confronting right now too right so that's going to create a whole bunch of uh, issues in the employment space as people start uh saying something uh whereas previously i think sometimes people didn't say anything um and you know i think that um again because of sort of these these joint forces i think the housing space Is going to be uh, busy. So I think there are some, you know, there are firms, there are fewer firms that do those things, but I think in the legal marketplace generally, um, some of the civil rights and housing issues are going to be really, really
2: busy um, over the next, uh, you know, probably foreseeable future. Just to jump in on what Colin just said, I think that one other thing I should have mentioned about staying connected to your firm or even succeeding when you get there is to get involved in some non you know, stri- strictly billable work type of groups. And one of those groups is certainly going to be your diversity and inclusion group. Uh, that's one area that typically has a lower bar to entry for junior folks where some other groups might, you know, obviously there's gonna be the equity partners group or the income partners group or groups like that where you're obviously not going to be uh, allowed into the group, because that's not who you are. But the diversity and inclusion group typically is a place where you can contribute pretty meaningfully uh, from the get go, just with the experience that you have. So I would recommend that if that's an, of interest to you, uh, it will certainly benefit you. Not everyone is outgoing enough to do that. And it will certainly help you separate yourself from the pack. So I would definitely recommend that as well.
0: Michael, that's great advice. I, I completely echo that. Um, I wanna be mindful of our time and recognize that folks might have questions. Um, so before I ask our panelists for any additional information, I wanna just open it up. Um, if folks, want to, I, I, think they can take, I think you can take yourself off of mute. but if you have any questions for any of the panelists on things we've shared or, or potentially topics we haven't covered, um, we have time for that before we kind of try to wrap up.
5: I have a question. Um, kind of speaking about the intention behind uh, communicating with people that you may have, have connected with during your time as a summer or may not have, um, in, in, in the same way in which I would not send the exact same thank you note, you know, like as a form thank you to every single person that I met with or, or connected, um, I want to be mindful of also um, not like selectively reaching out to people who may also be talking to each other because there would be this disparity and oh you know so and so reached out to me, well he didn't reach out to me, and maybe feelings would be hurt there, um, but on the flip side of that, always being mindful of you know, the auth- authenticity of 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 you know the check in or or um, you know, just being sure that that you're being honest in terms of the connection that you may or may not have had. Um, And so I I was curious to hear feedback as to how to
2: balance the two interests. I'll, I'll jump in. I think that's a pretty difficult uh, path to navigate. I think my personal experience would be even if someone, you know, if I, one of my colleagues gets an email from a former summer associate who wants to meet with them, I typically don't take it personally. Uh, I don't, I understand that people have different connections with other people. I am certain that there are people who will reach out to me who will not reach out to others. And I think that's just a reality that they will have to deal with. I don't think that I understand your concern that you don't want it to seem as though you're not interested in a particular person's practice and that might, you know, hinder what happens when you get there going forward. I would say it has pretty minimal effect. Uh, of course, there are going to be people who are extra sensitive to anything, but I would suggest that it probably has pretty mi- minimal effect, particularly because if you go back to the firm, you will still have the opportunity to talk to, chat with, uh, work with that other person who you maybe didn't have as great a bond with or didn't feel the need to reach out to you at that point. I echo
3: what Michael says. I don't think that you know, I mean, if there there are people who are going to be extra sensitive, I don't think it's going to have too much of a detrimental effect. I think that it would actually hurt you even more if you sent the same thank you email to the whole office. I don't think that's going to help you. I think that if you have a genuine connection with somebody, that's going to overpower, you know, uh, Trump, whatever um, detrimental effect there might be had if you don't email everybody. So I I say go with authenticity, go with, um, you know, the actual meaningful connection versus trying to force it when it's really not there.
5: Thank you.
0: Any other questions? All right, well, if not, I'm going to ask each of our panelists to um, give their last piece of advice to you as you embark upon this next year of school um, and and having that uh, advice focus on how you can leverage your experience and, um, and work from this past summer into um, becoming successful in your next year of law school.
4: I'll go first. Uh, and uh, I'll try to make it quick just just because uh, you know Jen touched upon uh, this in in her remarks we don't know any of us what's gonna happen right that's the reality it's stressful um, but uh, that's where we are Um, Would I do I think that most of the people on this panel would prefer to be where they are than to where all of you are, sort of at the at the outset of your career. Like you're not even at a firm, 100 every every day of the week. Um, so, like you're in a, you're in a tough spot. And hopefully, it all works out. Hopefully, things are great. And you um, we'll keep our fingers crossed for that. But you know, as as Manlene touched upon, you know, she had an experience at the front end of her career. Um, you know, I had sort of multiple uh, waves of that. You know, with the with the um slow down after the dot com boom in you know 2000 2001 um and then again 2008 2009 2010. um so there were deferrals there were people who lost their offers there were firms that went away um all of those things and that's just that's just the reality um and i think firms are going to have a hard time and most legal employers are going to have a hard time predicting the future um for a whole host of reasons so back to a point that mandy said that was a long way to get there you know relationships are your currency at this point right none of you almost none of you I'm presuming are experts in some particular area of the law um, none of you have a long you know legal uh, track record and you know so you're all smart you're all talented you're all hardworking. that's great um, but your relationships are the things you have and so keep cultivating the ones you've already developed develop new ones and work on those two it's not a one-way street right you got to give something to um, so that those people want to stay connected with you, and that could be with the people you you interned with. That could be people at other firms who you think are interesting. That could be other people in the community. You know, for Sarah's benefit, that could be through the BBA. Um, you know, it's a, it's a way to develop your community so that if you need something, whether it's advice or a lead on a job or a recommendation or whatever that is, you've got a whole host of people you can lean on. Um, I'll stop talking there, but, uh, but that's, that's, you know, please do that regardless of if you think you've got something in the bag or not.
3: I 100% agree with what Colin said, and the one thing that I would add on top of that is, you know, you, you should be flexible, be nimble. Uh, you know, if the first job that you get out of law school is not what you thought it was, and, but you have nothing else, then take it. Because the thing that I didn't appreciate in law school is that a lot of your skills are transferable. You might not realize it now. You might think that you know family law is so different from business law and business law is so different from antitrust and, and what have you. And while substantively that may be the case, but guess what? If you want to do litigation, you're going to be going through the same basic steps through all of that. And so, you know, just be open-minded and just know that, you know, you, we will get over this. The economy will improve at some point. Obviously, we don't know when, but things are going to get better. And you, if you really want to pivot, you certainly can do so later. But just remember that um, just, just be flexible, be open-minded, and realize that you don't have to decide your specific practice area now out of the gate. You know, that will come with time. That, will, that may even change over time. Uh, but just be easy on yourself from that perspective. You don't need to know what you're going to do right when you graduate.
2: Yeah, this is great advice from both Colin and Manlene, And I think that to jump on both of what they're saying, I think from what Manleen's point is, is, you know, you want to build a skill set and your skill set at the beginning is not necessarily going to be practice specific it's going to be what tools do i need in order to make basically if you're at a law firm in order to make a partner at a law firm have less anxiety that's that's the key you want to make sure that you're of course tracking along the progress that's expected of you but your main goal or at least the expectation from people who are more senior is that you will make their lives easier. That's the idea. The other thing is, and this is what Colin was mentioning about relationships being your your currency, is you're going to have people who are invested in your success from any number of angles. There are certainly going to be people who are at your firm who are invested in your success. Obviously that benefits them directly. But there are also gonna be people who are invested in your success like the BBA. For example, this program was put on for that exact reason. In addition to that, there are gonna be people at your law school, the gens of the world, who really want to make sure that you graduate from that institution and you go on to succeed in a lot of other spaces. So making sure that you stay connected with those people, not just because you know they can help you when you have a problem, but also You'll be surprised when opportunities just arise and you, you know, you had no idea or you thought that you were doing something that you wanted to do, and an opportunity comes up that someone of your connections reaches out to you with and says, I think you'd be great for this. And that opportunity ends up being something that you're particularly interested in or never even would have thought of or heard about just because of that. And being flexible, being open to opportunity. That's all really important, both internal to your firm and externally. So I would recommend if you're not, you know, I would recommend getting more involved in the BBA. I know that obviously you're going into your third year of law school, but when you graduate to become members of the new lawyer section, uh, and because that's a great entree into what the BBA does, what benefits they can provide, and a huge network of people who, you can help and who will help you going forward
1: i know we're at time and so much of what has been said is terrific so i don't want to um You know pile on to that but I think I would just add to be um, comfortable with the discomfort you know all of us are going through the same thing now and you know Colin I think you had said and others had said that you know you were all in a tough spot you are all in actually the best possible spot hopefully you're at the end of the summer with a job offer and you know what you're going to do unlike some of your classmates so I guess I would say you know approach the next year in the spirit of gratitude you know flexibility as Manlene had said Um, Um, you know because you know even if there's a change of plan you know you are your start date is deferred your practice area is changed you know I know there's going to be some disappointment there or there may be some disappointment there but really the answer should be you know thank you (laughs) You and to be flexible because we are all kind of rolling with the current situation now and um, you know if you approach everything in this positive way and to be flexible and grateful for these opportunities um, people are going to remember that, and the relationships will be stronger. Great.
0: Thank you so much. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. And am Manlene, Colin, Michael, and Jen. This has been fantastic. I appreciate all the advice and, and you joining us today. I hope um, everyone does well, and I will put in another plug for the BBA. Just be sure to stay connected. Thank you all.
2: Thank you, Thanks,
4: everyone. Thank you, everyone.